So isn't this just lovely? All these women here so we can eat and we can fellowship and we can sit around and enjoy each other's company. I'd like to thank Carla and Ava and everybody else who was a part of this. So let's just say thank you to Carla and the women's ministry and everybody who's done this. So here we go. I'd like to start with a scripture reading from Exodus 17, 8 to 13. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought against the, the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But when he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on each side, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. Those of you who know me know that I do not like speaking in front of people. However, if something in my story can encourage you or give glory to God, I am willing to put aside my comfort to achieve that. I am here to bear witness to God's goodness. As we sang in church on Sunday, yet not I, but Christ in me. Harriet encouraged me on Sunday to just show up and see what God does. So here I am, and let's see. I've been married to my husband, Mike, for 47 years. We have been at Christ Church of Grove Farm since 2007. We have three adult children, all married to believing spouses and eight grandchildren. They are all active in their faith and raising their children in the Lord, and I praise God for that. I am a nurse, retired three years ago from labor and delivery at Swickley Hospital. My older son, Andy, and his wife, Janelle, along with their two girls, moved to England two years ago. He is a civilian engineer working for the Department of Defense. My second son, Brian, and his wife, Katie, and their two daughters live in Florida. He's in the Air Force, an F-15 fighter pilot. They recently moved here after being stationed overseas for the last six years. My daughter, Christy, and her husband, Ben, live in Washington, D.C. She runs a marketing business, and they have three children. In November of 2020, Andy and Janelle had their third child, a boy, Winston Stone for short. Due to COVID and the lockdown that was occurring in England, they chose to have a home birth with midwives, which is very common in England. The delivery was more difficult than expected, and soon after, Janelle had to be, had, began having postpartum health issues. She was ultimately diagnosed and treated for postpartum anxiety and depression, PTSD related to the birth, insomnia, and persistent vertigo. Postpartum depression is a condition that involves mental health, physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health. It is a very dark and scary time. It is dangerous for the mother and the child. Some women do not make it out. According to research, 33 to 45% of women report their birth as traumatic. About 10% of women experience postpartum PTSD following childbirth. It can be caused by real or perceived trauma. Any experience that doesn't, cause, that doesn't meet expectations can lead to it. Some examples are an unexpected or emergency C-section, the baby having to go to the NICU, 
feeling powerless or unsupported during childbirth, severe postpartum hemorrhage, preeclampsia, or any other complication or injury. Symptoms of postpartum PTSD are continuing to relive the experience, flashbacks or nightmares, avoidance of any stimuli associated with the birth. Janelle had avoidance of water because of the water birthing pool. She avoided the sofa where the birth occurred and the bathroom where she spent so much time throwing up. There can be hyperstimulation of all senses, exaggerated hearing, visual, or any sensory stimulation. We whispered or talked softly. She couldn't be in the room with the TV on. There can be increased anxiety and panic attacks, a feeling, feeling a sense of unreality and detachment, and sleep difficulties. And we all know that if you don't sleep at night, everything is worse the next day. Postpartum depression does not go away by itself. It requires a multidisciplinary treatment by a professional team. It usually responds well to treatment, which is long-term. There is not a quick fix. It is not, it can, therapy can take a year or longer. It is unpredictable and not preventable. It is no one's fault. It doesn't mean you're a bad mother. A doctor friend of ours who, whose wife had it said, it's biology, it just happens. My daughter and her husband, Christy, had their third child on February 1st. We drove to Washington, D.C. on January 30th to watch her two boys while they were at the hospital. On February 3rd, Mike dropped me off at Dulles Airport, and I flew to England. I was there for four months, helping the family. I managed the kitchen and supported the family, especially Janelle. To borrow a line from Charles Dickens, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. We saw God's provision in an amazing way. There were many pieces of this puzzle that came together to bring healing. Prayers from all over the world. People we didn't even know. Prayer teams at friends and families churches. Pastor Craig mentioned us from the pulpit one Sunday, not naming names, but he asked you to pray for us. Thank you that you did that. We received encouragement every day. Cards, texts, care packages, devotionals, scriptures, and prayers. One time a card was lost in the mail for three weeks. When it arrived, it was the very scripture from our devotional that day, Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and persistent in prayer. It is also the scripture that Janelle had memorized that day. I can't tell you how many times things like that happened. The same verse from our morning devotional was repeated in a card or a text. We knew that God was with us on this journey. Their church community, their neighborhood community, and the American presence in their area were truly amazing. They made friends that will last a lifetime. When you consider this was during COVID and Britain was on total lockdown, it is even more amazing. Food was sent in. Friends came and sat with Janelle when she couldn't sleep or be alone. Friends cleaned their house for them. Janelle's dad came for Christmas and stayed for seven weeks. The medical team that handled her care was so compassionate and caring. She was handled by a general practice doctor, a psychiatrist for medications, a neurologist, a psychologist, and a chiropractor. She had mul multiple appointments every week. Andy took her to her appointments, always acting as her advocate. Another part of the healing was the EMDR therapy. It stands for eye movement, desensitization, 
re and reprocessing for traumatic memories. They use it for all kinds of trauma victims. The military uses it. Sexual abuse or rape cases use it, a car accident, anybody who has traumatic memories. Most times, we can place a memory somewhere in our brains so that we don't constantly think about it. A person who has PTSD related to traumatic, traumatic memories is unable to do that. That person is almost constantly reliving the memory as if it is still going on in their mind. EMDR therapy helps to put that memory in its proper place in the brain, a memory from the past. I wasn't familiar with it before I went to England. I'm impressed with its success and would be glad to discuss it with anybody who is interested. We focused on being in the present. Do the next thing. Feed your baby, take a shower, go for a walk. One of the tools she used to stay grounded was five things. She named five things she could see. So I would say, I can see the trees outside, I can see the white tablecloth, I can see the water bottles on the table, I can see the door in the back, and I can see um, all of you sitting here. Four things she could touch. So I can touch this paper, I can touch this table, I can touch my shirt, I can touch this microphone, and I can touch the ruler. Three things she could hear. So I can hear birds singing if you're outside, I can hear um, the air conditioning running, and I can hear people making noise at their table. Two things she could smell. So I can smell the food in the room, and I can smell my hand. And one thing that she could taste, so I can taste that yummy food we just had. We can't change the past, but we can. Oh, that helped her to stay focused in the present and not go back where she didn't need to be. We can't change the past, but we can make good decisions today that will affect the future. The enemy wants us to believe lies. We choose to believe God's truth. Janelle's doctor told her, doctors told her that they were confident that she would make a full recovery. We kept reminding her of that when she could not see the progress she was making. Two different times Janelle heard God's voice speaking to her. One time he said, trust me. And another time he said, I've got this. I kept reminding her of this. On one of the more challenging days, when I was feeling weary, which is different than being tired, weary is a whole nother, a whole nother thing, and not sure how much longer I could continue to do this, my devotional that morning was about Jesus watching the feet of his disciples. It was encouragement to me to remember why I was there and what my calling was. We are called to be a community of believers. As a body, when one part suffers, we all suffer. As sisters in Christ, we are here for each other. Just as Aaron and her held up Moses' arms during that battle, we are told to hold up each other. That's what you did for me when I was in England, and that's what I did for Janelle. I could not have done this on my own strength. It was supernatural. A few years ago, my other son, Brian, was stationed overseas. He was flying a mission with another pilot who became disoriented and was spinning out of control. As part of Brian's training, he was to fly around that other pilot while he was going down and talk to him and say, you're at 15,000 feet, you're at 10,000 feet, and it, eventually he would eject, but he, he was so disoriented that he didn't know where he was. So it was focus and reorientation. That story has a good ending. The other pilot was able to pull out of it 
and they both landed safely. And that's what I did for Janelle in England, and that's what you did for me. God calls us, that's what God calls us to do in difficult times for each other. 2 Corinthians 1.4 tells us to comfort each other with the comfort that we have received from God. To be honest, I really didn't want to go to England. When I left home, the hardest part was not flying across the ocean, navigating Heathrow Airport by myself, or getting to, into a car with a complete stranger on the ride to their house. I didn't know if I was going for weeks or months. The hardest part was knowing that I could not fix the problem. Years ago, I trained as a Stephen minister when we had that ministry here at our church. What I learned during that training was that I'm the caregiver. God is the caregiver. As mothers, we want to fix things that are wrong for our kids, but I couldn't fix this. I could only support them while they walked through it. Only God in his perfect timing could fix this. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. There's something I'd like to read for you. From, it's from Proverbs 31 Ministry, written by Kimberly Henderson. I would have pulled Joseph out. Out of that pit, out of that prison, out of that pain. I would have cheated the nations out of the one that God would use to deliver them from famine. I would have pulled David out, out of Saul's spear-throwing presence, out of the caves he hid away in, out of the pain of rejection. I would have cheated Israel out of a God-hearted king. I would have pulled Esther out, out of being snatched from her only family, out of being placed in a position she never asked for, out of the path of a vicious, power-hungry foe. I would have cheated people out of the woman God would use to save their very lives. I would have pulled Jesus off, off the cross, off the road that led to suffering and pain, off the path that would meet nakedness and beatings, nails and thorns. I would have cheated the entire world out of a savior, out of salvation, out of an eternity filled with no more suffering and no more pain. And oh friend, I wanted to pull you out I wanted to change your path. I wanted to stop your pain. But right now, I know I would be wrong. I would be out of line. I would be cheating you, and I would be cheating the world out of so much good, because God knows. He knows the pain this will produce, the good this pain will produce. He knows the beauty this hardship will grow. He is watching over you, in keeping you, even in the midst of this. He is promising you that you can trust him, even when it feels like it's more than you can bear. So instead of trying to pull you out, I'm lifting you up. I'm kneeling before the Father and asking him to give you strength, to give you hope. I'm asking him to protect you and to move you when the time is right. I'm asking him to help you stay prayerful and discerning. I'm asking him how I can best love you and how to be help to you. I'm believing he's going to use your life in powerful and beautiful ways, ways that will leave your heart grateful and humbly thankful for this road you have been on. 
In May, Janelle was improving enough that I was able to come back to the States. Since then, she has continued to make good progress. In June, they finished their assignment in England and they moved back to the States. They bought a house in Center Township in Beaver County. Just like the story of the pilots, my story also has a good ending. Janelle's making progress, almost back to normal, maybe even a new normal, better than before. I'm thankful God's timing is always perfect and he accomplishes so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. Janelle and I have a new relationship. We are more than just mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. We are friends now. I got to spend four months with my son and his family. Was it hard? Yes. Was it a blessing? Yes. God is so good. To those of you who lifted us up in prayer, thank you for being a part of this. Janelle is here with me tonight, and I would like to introduce her to you so you can see for yourselves the way God has answered our prayers. This is my granddaughter, Elena. And Stone's over there. Yeah. Stone's, so this, Stone's here too. Yeah, this so. is Lainey, our 12-year-old, almost 12-year-old daughter's at home with Andy. But this is Lainey and then Stone's over there. So. Thank you. Um, I know just the days when mom would get text messages or emails from friends, it would just be such a blessing. So thank you. Um, and I just have to say, we had so many different routines. We'll have to do one for them. It was bedtime. I was getting ready for my snack. Are we going to have chicken or beef? Chicken. Rice or potatoes? Potatoes. Cheese or sour cream? Both. Okay. <laughs> Every night we did that. We did. Yeah. She had an increased appetite due to all this. Um, everything on her life was kind of on hyper mode and her appetite as well. So she ate pretty much constantly. Yes. <laughs> and so I fixed her snack for her every night, and that's, that was the routine. We either had beef or chicken, yep. potatoes or sour cream, <laughs> or potatoes or rice, and then cheese, sour, or, sour cream, cheese or sour cream. Most of the time both. Most yeah. of the time both. So Thank you. We're excited to be in the area and come to events like this, Mom, and just do life together. So it's exciting. We are too. Exciting. Yes. So so thank you. Thank you. 